Gonna... We're recording. <laughs> We're recording? Oh my god. We're recording. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> Take oh. 15 million, even though you I... guys don't know that. <laughs> you don't know it, and you maybe see it someday, but guys, it was so bad. People, <laughs> this has been a nightmare. We've been doing this since for probably three hours at this point. And we're just now oh, getting easily. to a place where we can record. It was such a nightmare. And we're just trying. Welcome to episode one, finally. Maybe. I don't know. I might die. <laughs> <gasps> I'm Keller. With me is Kat. We Hi. are Disney Discord. We're not the Disney we're you Disney grew up Discord. with. <laughs> not the Disney you grew up with. Fucking... It's so like I like Disney movies, but I don't I don't know about anyone else. But I have been revisiting. Well, actually, so my idea started with revisiting '90s romantic comedy movies, which was a mistake. And oh, guys, if you want to go be real upset for a minute, go watch "Never Been Kissed Again." <laughs> not okay. It's not okay. <laughs> so we decided to tear Disney apart because. Who doesn't love Disney? Who doesn't love Disney? And they get defended all the time by everyone. And I would like to reevaluate them. Same. So. I think we're in a place to do it. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, we're, we're two moms in our, our 30s that have nothing better to do with our spare time. <laughs> have nothing better. Yeah, thanks, COVID, for, like, making this happen. Right. Welcome, everyone. So, um, disclaimer, I guess, because it's kind of too late already because we've said some things and done some things that really aren't appropriate. We don't give a fuck about your feelings. If you are easily offended, don't like swearing. Get out now. This is not the place for you. No. But if you don't care about us swearing and, you know, destroying your childhood, welcome. Stay a while. We're going to discuss 101 Dalmatians. Um, it's sad with us. It actually, I don't think it'll be that sad. I think this is going to be so much fun. Yeah. I think secretly everybody wants to do this. Like everybody has things to say about Disney. Yeah. They're beloved and you only watch them with your kids. So you, why would you ever say anything <laughs> about terrible things that happen? <laughs> I mean, you know. 101 Dalmatians, the whole storyline behind it that they don't ever explicitly say, but is very heavily implied, is the fur trade industry. And guess what? We are going to go there. Oh, we're going to go way down there. And, you know, I'm everyone's going to be real mad. And I'm sorry if you love Anita. Well, fuck your day up with that girl. <laughs> sorry, everyone. Uh... Going to be very sad, I'm sure. Yes. So, um, quick, let's, let's, let's move on forward. Quick, quick little intro, get some side stuff out of the way. 101 Dalmatians was made in 1961. It's about an hour and 20 minutes long. Actually, almost exactly. It's an hour and 21 minutes long. Um, and it's based off of the book 101 Dalmatians by Dodie Smith. And we will go there later because, fun fact, while I have researched the book, Kat has not. So have I got. I have not. 
<laughs> Have so I got funny. some things that will destroy your childhood for you? <laughs> you oh, and I like, I'm going to try to defend Cruella because I think she might be a little bit justified, but what? maybe Did not. Given what I learned about her in the book, no. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> so we both we both watched the movie to refresh ourselves with it because it's not like we hadn't seen it before, but I, I know I hadn't seen it in a very long time. Um, yeah, same here. I This is actually one of the few Disney movies that I have legitimately not watched since I was a child. And that's kind of our plan through this yeah. podcast. Like that's the point. We want to go back and watch things that we haven't seen in a very long time and kind of rediscover our love and hatred of Disney. Because who doesn't yeah, or like th- and hate Disney? Right? And it's like, dude, the perspective that changes when you watch it again as an adult, um, I think it's fair to say everyone has looked twice at a couple things and been like, oh dear. Yeah, so. yeah. Like that's that's not good. It's <laughs> like, why didn't I see that? And I think it's actually it's pretty genius how Disney does this. So come, come along, <laughs> come join us on this dark, deep rabbit hole of despair. <laughs> Follow the white rabbit because if we're gonna go Disney, why the fuck not? <laughs> Then go all the way. Exactly. So you have research um, about the book. Yep. And I have done, I have fallen into deep, deep rabbit holes about the fur trade in London. Right. That's right. Why maybe Cruella lives in that big ass mansion, but has fur coats. I have some answers, actually. Oh, okay. And I have some that will blow your answers out of the water because I have the original source material. So from the book, from her backstory, do they give her backstory? I didn't get her full backstory, but like I said, I have the book, which is well, I don't have the book. I have the the Wikipedia page. I'm not going to lie. Um, but oh yeah, be fair. We we did not read the book. No, we have not <laughs> read yet. Well, that's not 100 percent true. The I read the first half of it because when you look it up oh. on Amazon, it gives you a preview of the book. So I read like the first ten pages of it. So oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's actually a um like a children's book. It's got really really pretty really cute animation. Like it's it's really really a cool book. Um, and I will try to find a link to post onto our website so you guys can check it out yourselves. But um, before we dive into that, do you think we should kind of like go over our thoughts of the movie itself? Yeah, let's uh let's talk about where we stand now rewatching it. Yeah, cuz we like, still like it. Do we still what? feel okay about it? Would you watch it with your children? I mean, ironically enough, I did watch it with my children. But, you know, I don't have little kids. I have teenage boys that actually willingly sat down and watched a Disney movie from the 60s with me. So, I guess I can't complain. Well, and so and they watched it, so they were into it. Okay, yeah, no, they did. They watched it. They they were sat there through the whole thing, and they they were curious as to why I was taking notes and stuff because I have my little notebook with me, and I was I was making all sorts of little notes. So, um, and actually, I'm gonna go there. One of my little notes actually says that jazz intro because who does not like the 1960s and jazz? 
Dude, and it's so happy. It is. It's the cutest it's, jazz song. It's a great score. And it's completely like the opposite of the overall arcing plot of the movie. Like the, the intro music makes it sound like this is going to be a crazy, awesome, happy go lucky movie. And like, it's about murder. Like <laughs> it's about straight and breaking and entering. Yeah. Yeah. Like there are some, there are some felonies and committed in this movie. Oh, hell yeah, there are and animal cruelty. Lots of animal cruelty. Yep. Oh, that poor cat. <laughs> Sergeant Tibbs. I love Sergeant Tibbs. He's so great. And honestly, okay, oh. I do I do have Disney credit for this because Sergeant Tibbs is not in the original book. And he has probably got to be my favorite character. Like, I'm not gonna lie. I love Sergeant Tibbs. The only thing I don't like about Sergeant Tibbs, and I made a note of this too, is that when he first gets to the puppies. And I, I'm skipping totally to the middle of the movie. When he first gets the puppies. Oh, yeah, we'll watch like, their timeline. Yeah, we'll go back. I just have to say this about Tibbs. Um, instead of getting the puppies outside, he brings them upstairs. Like, what good is that going to do, sir? Like, why? <laughs> you know what? It does zero good, but I think it's very cat behavior. In a panic situation, because they're yeah, good at escaping, true. but they're not good at planning where the fuck they're going to go. That's true. That's they get into some weirdo situations because of it. That, yep, I, I will agree with that. That's that's a very true statement. But so uh, do, you, do you remember when we scared your cat mid jump to the couch? Oh, CJ. Yes. That was amazing. <laughs> that was amazing. Yes. Also, okay. huge disclaimer before we go any further, because this will happen multiple times. We are huge animal lovers. Like I, I have a cat and fish and a lizard in my room currently. I have had animals my entire life. Cat has had animals her entire life. Like we may talk some shit, but I promise we love animals. Like <laughs> and have been animal avid owners and supporters for a long time. There's yeah. no point where we're like okay with like I said, I've like have some alternative views that I'm gonna go with, but at no point do I think it's okay to skin puppies. Don't skin puppies. Don't no, if you can like don't, really don't skin anything. Don't skin anything. If you can avoid using furs altogether now, they're unnecessary and we're pretty overhunted. So there's really just, if you could yeah. not, that'd be great. That's, yeah. It's like people that have bearskin rugs. Like, I don't understand. But that's a whole other, that's a tough That's a whole thing. We can go there. Bonus content. Yeah. Our disdain for bearskin rugs. Brother bear, when we go there, we can do that. <gasps> Oh, I so uh, okay. I was so much crying. Okay. So I'm, how about I'm fine. them dogs? <laughs> it's about them dogs. So we have a lovely jazz intro, and it's beautiful hand drawings. We get to scroll through very old. I mean, it's an old movie, so it's done it's really impressively. Dog. Yeah, I in a really old fashion and i think anyone who knows how much work that takes would be really impressed by it it holds up well oh how i feel about it i um i think this movie's hilarious and as a child i'm not sure how i miss so much um but the first half i feel like would bore my kid because of how yeah. like, quick 
small children are nowadays and everything's like YouTube snippets and TikTok, I think it would be hard for him to pay attention until like maybe the fight in the house between I keep calling them tall and tubs and that's not their name. Their names are Horace and Jasper. Horace and Jasper. <laughs> tall and tubs. I like that. <laughs> tall and tubs. <laughs> That's what I call them for like the first half of my notes because I didn't know their name. Oh my god. <laughs> I give people weird nicknames. It'll be a thing. Okay. Come along, people. So Pongo is mulling over his his pet's bachelor life. Yes, this is how Pongo we open is the dog. Pongo the dog is mulling over the fact that his human pet has been a bachelor for too long and totally needs a mate. So how does he go mate it's clearly shopping? a mate comes in. I like how it pans around to the super messy apartment. Yeah. Roger likes to flick matches anywhere. And he looks around as if bringing a woman into the situation will suddenly solve this. Which you notice it does. Because when they get and married, it does. it's clean. And Roger clean. is. And they have a house. And he's shunned to the attic. He's, I disagree. See, I just, oh, this is going to be so fun. I disagree. I think he hides in the attic. <laughs> okay, maybe he does. I can see that. Maybe he does hide in the attic. No, I think this will be more fun. We're just testing the water, everyone, so you'll have to excuse us learning our dynamic, but I think it'll be more fun if we're on opposite ends. But that's what I saw, because I was raised with a stepdad who hid in the basement. Like, he didn't want <laughs> to be a part of that. He had his own project. So when I saw Roger upstairs and she had to like pound on the ceiling i was like oh he hiding up there but that's what he does he just stays up there i mean I can he's used him. to his tiny little bachelor whatnot right and i get that but that's that's why i was thinking that he was shunned up there because he was a dirty messy single bachelor with his instruments all over the place and they made him oh. go upstairs so his oh, stuff was all in the house anita do be from the upper class Right. We'll talk about it when we get there, but there is a throwaway line that I did not notice that I was like, oh, really? I must have missed it, it then. I didn't catch it. It was the things that make me go. That's where my ridiculous theory comes from. We'll get there. Okay. So, yeah, apparently a woman, a mate is going to come in and Pongo's going to fix his personal physical issues. And also Roger's house will get cleaned. So we're going to solve that problem with a woman. It's done. Yes. And we look out the window and we're going to assess. The, you notice only women walk by? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's not one dude. Nope. The only women are walking today. Well, yeah. Duh. Um, and <laughs> each woman and her dog look almost, you do, like, I noticed this too, like, Yes, Anita and Purdy are um like fancy in their 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 walk and their everything, and it's very clear that they're upper class, but like with the exception put of together. Them, yeah, but it's but, discreet. Yes. And with the exception of them, every other owner and dog is like a perfect match. Yeah, like they look like their dog, or the dog looks like their owner, depending. Yeah, like they're dressed you look in at similar it. colors. They have similar walking gaits. Like they all look the same. Anita and and Purdy are the only ones that 
or not. And we, but you, did you notice that though it's a couple people of a couple classes walk by and no one's wearing fur except for that one woman who's wearing wool. Um, yeah. Which would have been the only thing acceptable by then. Yeah. Yeah, because this is the other thing. The movie was made in 1961, but it actually takes place just a couple years beforehand. And I think 58. I think yeah, 58 the was the place, date. The movie takes place in November of 58. As seen on a date in the paper after the puppies have been taken. So. And we learned through some research and we will cite our sources on our page and we'll list them at the end of the episode. Um, so you can go and read any of these articles if you want to. But we figured out through really brief research that eight years before this, it's exactly 1950, um, for manufacturing, harvesting, and using fur had become illegal. They weren't doing that anymore. It was really unacceptable. There was no reason for it. Animal right. rights activists had kind of like pushed it out of the way. And you did see it in like... Um, fashion designers, high-end fashion designers, but all that fur was imported and pre-processed. Yeah, it was not and local. This, this was in London, and one of the articles we found said that um, the fur the fur trade made its way out because of timing and classism. People who never wore fur decided it was morally wrong to wear food to wear food to wear fur. <laughs> oh boy, it's lunchtime. I'm hungry. To wear fur and their influence swayed enough people to ban the out ban the sale of furs in London. So that's this takes place the movie takes place eight years after that law was passed. Which kind of seems irrelevant, but really the more you think about the movie, like it will come back. We'll get back it, to it. Yeah, we'll that's back. important. Remember yeah. it. Jot that down. Um, <laughs> that, write that down. You're fine. So, Pongo, through his wily ways of not having opposable thumbs, figures out how to <laughs> manipulate the clock to get Roger out for their afternoon walk. So he can go chase down this female Dalmatian and her apparently attractive human pet. And her attractive enough human yeah, pets. That's right. Attractive enough human pets. Let's not forget that because all Which Pongo... I was like, damn Pongo! Oh. All Pongo wants to get his doggy dick wet and, you know. <laughs> Trying to get it, you know. Body, yaddy, yaddy. I'm kidding. <laughs> Don't sue us. <laughs> and I mean, he gets it too. He gets it 15 times. He gets it. So he, yeah, that's he manipulates Roger dog. into... That's not how dogs have puppies, but we're going to pretend. Um. <laughs> he manipulates Roger into going to the park where we found out her name later, but it's Anita and Purdy. Purdy is the dog. Anita is the woman. Pongo's going to get their attention. And they're just like, for some reason, this is the best trained dog on the planet. Yes. Like, Purdy doesn't want to play. She's just cool. She's just going to sit there and look beautiful as a yeah. female should. And Anita's reading a book because what else would an upper class woman do? Which the horror. I never. 
It's, oh, but like, so thinking on that point, so Pongo's trying to get their attention. And from my perspective, I was like, this looks like this dude's dog is just poorly trained. Yeah, it does. That's like, from a human standpoint, like Pongo thinks he's a genius. He thinks he's brilliant. Um, they're not impressed. They no. leave immediately because he's no. a really annoying dog that's jumping around and barking. Yep. And and what is what does Pongo do? He stalks them. He follows <laughs> the appropriate response. Of course. When you try to put space between yourself and someone who's bugging you, the way to solve that problem is to immediately stalk them and then borderline assault them. Yes. And then knock them into a pond. It's all poor Anita with her new suit and her new hat. She just starts crying. She was so sad. <laughs> she was so sad. I, I was actually kind of upset for her. And, and then she turns around and marries Roger. Like, I don't know about her. Dude, I was but that made me I'm mad. watching this interaction. And I'm watching it. And I'm like, yeah, you should be pissed. And Purdy's pissed. Purdy, like, shakes herself off at Pongo. And she's like, big old fuck you. And yep. for some reason, when we pull our cloths out and realize they're both wet, that somehow makes it funny and okay. This suit would have, by the way, that suit would have cost Anita like a hundred bucks, which is a lot for a suit back then. That was yeah. a lot of money. Um, so when she said her new suit, that's kind of a, like, um, <laughs> you forgave him really fast. Yeah, no, this is a big deal. And Roger just destroyed her life. Well, Pongo destroyed her life, I should say. It wasn't Pongo, Roger. technically. I, through no help of Roger. No. Who Roger. failed miserably at keeping and putting his dog on a leash. Yeah, he did. Although I do have to say, I thought it was great when Pongo, like, goes to... When they're in front of the bench and Pongo goes to run off and Roger just, like, tackles him and drags him to the ground. Like, that is... Oh, my God! <laughs> that is the best... I Thing. I'm so I'm glad not. you said that. You've had wily dogs. Have you ever had to do that to a dog? Um, not that particularly, but yeah, I've I've had to body tackle a dog before, and <laughs> they're a lot more slippery than you think they are. Like, suddenly <laughs> <laughs> it's a jellyfish. Yeah, and the best, the best slash worst part of it was that I, it was it was Maru. So I, I had this long haired husky. So it was a big old floofy boy. He was floof, and you could like literally like bury your hands into his fur. And I had to body tackle him once, and I tried to do that, and he still managed to get away and run. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's actually four inches of just floof fur poof. Yeah, floof. Yeah, no, when he got wet, he, like, shrunk to half the size that he looked because he was all fur and no brain. I mean... It- <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor fridge liquor. He was actually super-duper so smart. No, he was actually super-duper smart. I call, I say he has no brain because he was an ass, but he was super-duper smart, and he knew it, and he could outsmart me, and I didn't like that. So... <laughs> Hence the having to tackle him on a right... Yeah. <laughs> yep. Smart so. floof brain. Yeah, he was he was floofy. But anyway, so yeah, that, that I thought that was great that he has to tackle the dog, and the dog still gets away from him. 
And then, like, oh, you that think- Pongo is on a mission. He smells that girl. Uh huh. Mm. Yep. So, and, because- and just like that, they're married. Right. Yeah. And we have this it's weird, okay. doggy, this weird doggy wedding. To make it okay that the dogs are pregnant. That's totally what that was. They were like, we yeah. can't be having dogs fucking out of wedlock, so we better marry the dogs. Oh, yeah, they got busy before because she talks about how she was pregnant then. Oh, that's so true. Oh, my God, you're right. Mm-hmm. So we can look at that entire intro, uh, that entire intro part up into the point where they get married. Pongo's just looking to get laid. And Roger, uh, and, it. and Roger got, well, and I would even argue that, so they get married, right? And then we zoom, we cut scene, we're going to scene change and they're in a house now. Yes. Which, Which is never- I'm going to argue Anita bought. Oh yeah. No, no. I, I, I would agree with that. She totally, because it never explains how they got this money and Roger's broke. Like, Roger's broke ass, dude. Pongo it's made, made clear a couple times. Clear. Yeah. Yeah, that's made clear on a couple different occasions that Roger doesn't have a lot of money. So we got, like, now we've got Anita and whatever, maybe her inheritance, maybe. In this time, she wouldn't have been, like, a working class woman. But it is mentioned. So we go to the house, and we hear, I think, honking or knocking aggressive knocking uh and uh no first we zoom in and we learn that roger is upstairs right and that it's tea time we're having right it's tea time yeah no she knocks the first time because she already expects there to be puppies see okay so this is the beginning of my theory because so enter it's tea time and we hear knocking, and Roger runs away immediately. Yes. He's, he's fucking out. And also loosely writing the Corella DeVille song. So he's already kind of talking shit about this woman before we really know who she is. We're getting hints that Roger doesn't like her a whole lot. Right. And she very aggressively opens the door. I think we've all kind of met someone like this who's just like one of those always has uh, I'm going to bitch about this story is super over the top um, kind of bitching and angry all the time because that's the only way they know how to communicate. Yes. No, sorry. I totally over entitled. Yeah, no. And she totally expects there to be puppies right then and there too. Like she just barges in like she owns the place. And she clearly feels like whatever Anita, wherever Anita is, she also owns that space very clearly. Because Anita knows if she shows up, Anita's expecting her. Right. Didn't she say that they were old classmates or something? I always thought that she was Anita's boss, but I guess they were just friends from high school. Well, and I think the Anita boss thing, because I thought the same thing, but then I went back and I think that was from the New Age 101 Dalmatians, where that's what it was. It was like Anita also worked in this fashion industry with Corella. But in this, they were old classmates, which means they would have been in the same social economic class. Right. Yeah. So Anita Corella comes in and is like, puppies, bitch. 
and Anita's like, there's no puppies yet. Because math. Right, because this stuff takes time. Like, Because that shit takes time. Right. And she's, oh man, I, dude, don't buy fur, don't endorse that. But the coat Corella has, I got on Google and looked at what the real coat would look like, and that is some extravagant fucking shit. Yeah. That is some Arctic fox mink coat craziness that she's got that she wears through the whole movie. Um, it looks beautiful. It also looks like a lot of animals were sacrificed for it. Um, but she would have inherited that most likely. Like that wouldn't right. have. Well, okay. So that was my original thought. I think she would have. You know, we'll get to this later. You know how they kind of mentioned the old Deville place and how it hasn't been running. Yes. I think she would have been one of the last fur assembly factories or associates, a furry or associate associates, which is what I found. Right. Um, where they made buffs and hats and coats and stuff, but they mm-hmm. were importing fur by then. And it was very expensive. And the demand was plummeting. Yeah. Of the lower class being like, fuck fur. So, oh. so if we're going to, okay. No, I know I said I wasn't going to talk about the book till later, but... Well, I opened no. the box. I know. I'm sorry. And you did. You opened the box. So, in the book, Cruella actually has a husband. <gasps> and he's the one that is in the fur trade. And Okay. Yep. Got the fur trade right. Yeah. Yeah. The fur trade things are right. I got to find it exactly because there's a whole thing in here. Um, where does it I say hate that she has a husband? I liked that she was a yeah. crazy single business mongol. Right. So basically, basically the, the husband, it's the husband's house and the husband okay. is in the fur trade and Cruella. Oh, right here. Uh, Cruella DeVille, a very, this, and this is off of a wiki page for the, the book of 101 Dalmatians, which we will link in the end, because I'm reading right off the wiki page. Uh, she's a very wealthy woman, so fixated on fur clothing that she marries a furrier and forces him to keep his fur collection in their home so she can wear the pieces whenever she likes. She admits the two dog. she admires the two dogs and expresses a, a desire to have a Dalmatian skin coat. So when she gives birth to the litter of puppies, she wants them. And that's from the original book. So. Okay. Yep. And in the hell. They made her oh. kind of like a fur hoarder. Yeah. She, and hell, she wouldn't let her husband sell them anymore. And Hell Hall is the old DeVille family house. It's the ancestral home of the, of the DeVille family in Suffolk. So that that they kept in. Yeah, they kept a lot of like real. But I did some Google mapping. These are real like Hell Hall, not. But these are real. They did use accurate real towns. Yeah, um, no, which was very interesting to look at it on Google Maps and see the context uh-huh. of where these dogs would have gone. What the fuck. But we'll get there. Yes, we will get there. So we, I'm glad we, so she is a, she has a husband in the book. That's the different one, but she is, so I'm going to roll with it. She did, she either owned a furrier factory or I guess her husband can be one God, if it's got to be a man. I'm just saying that's the original book that the husband owned it. But in the movie, it's very clearly just her. 
Like they've admitted the husband. So it's her that owns the, the, the fur industry stuff and very clearly wants to continue to do that. Which is, I'd like to make a note that Disney chose to make the woman who was like, I understand the book already had the woman as a villain, but they decided to remove her husband. So now a single woman is the villain. Just everybody that, just absorb that for a minute. This was done in the 60s. The early Yeah, 60s. like there's a reason for that. Yeah. That's very, that's one of those intentional subliminal messaging that we were talking about. That's like, mm, yeah. mm, I see you, Disney. Mm. Yeah, Disney. I see what you're doing there and I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. Uh, so yes. Oh. The thing that I wanted to bring up about the puppies being born, I know we keep jumping around. We're not really organized. We just kind of go where our we'll brains get better. Tell us we to. promise. Yeah, we just go where our brains tell us to. Um, when when oh my god, Anita, that's not her name. When Purdy has the puppies, Purdy, Purdy has her puppies. Roger <laughs> and Pongo are both exiled to the kitchen, like they're not allowed in the quote unquote birthing room. Which was typical of that day and age. It is just, it's just Anita and the and nanny. Yep. Whose yep. name I don't think we get. We may get it once, but I can't recall. I don't remember. I don't know. I think it might just um, be. No, it might just be nanny. And you, you want to know why it might just be nanny? Because in the original book, there were two nannies and they each had their own names. Oh, and they were going to do a whole extra. So they were just like the nanny. The nanny. Yep. Nanny Uh, name, Fran. Yeah. Oh, two nannies, Nanny Cook and Nanny Butler. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) No. Yes. So yeah, anyways, so Nanny may not have a name. She just may be Nanny. Oh, well, you couldn't call her Nanny everything, so. (laughs) That was funny. So we have, uh. Yeah, we have Corillus. Yeah, the puppies aren't here yet, but they're exiled to the kitchen on the birthday. Dude, they do not look good. They're very nervous. Nope. Roger's going to lose his mind. I can't imagine what's going to happen when Anita gets pregnant. <laughs> going to have a full ass meltdown. Yeah, he He's going to be one of those men who faints in the birthing room. Yes. And yet the other thing, I mean, like, everything's different. And I know it's a movie. But if you've ever been around any animal that's been pregnant and going into labor and having offspring... You don't run out of a door and say that there's three puppies, run back in the door, then turn around and run back out and say that there's eight. That's not how that works. Like, she had 15 puppies in, what, 30 seconds? I mean, again, I know it's a movie, but no. (laughs) No. Well, and they allude to, like... That they've been sitting there for a while, but then they they do. They like pop it like bam, 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 yeah. bam, one right after another. Oh, I wanted to I'm gonna rewind just really quick because I looked at my notes and I remembered this. I I wanted to drop another hint at the Anita thing. When Anita and Corella are talking, and Corella's like, You need to get yourself a fur, they're beautiful. And Anita's like, 
or so many other things. She like she doesn't mention not being able to afford furs. Just that she'd she rather has, spend. She has different priorities. money on the bill. She has different priorities, and also is like Corella brings it up where she's like, "Yeah, you know this house and Roger's not job," and then kind of shames her for it. Like she she yeah. does make fun of Anita for her lesser lifestyle choices. Which isn't fair. Um, which isn't fair. But I do think it's supposed to kind of quietly point you to the idea that Anita is moving from kind of from one world to another. Yes. She's going from the single upper class, you know, lifestyle to maybe not. Maybe she's not moving financial classes, but she's definitely moving social classes. Because she's still. Yeah, well, and social ideals. Right, yeah, so it sounds like, like... she clearly knew furriers before this point. Right, but she may be on the side of the people that are like, no, fur is bad. Yeah, and that's, like, I, I'm i not against that. I'm just saying, like, I guess what I'm saying is we might be in the middle of watching the progression of someone move from, like, I don't know, people I know just wear fur to, like, no, you shouldn't wear fur. Yeah. Yeah, no, we're saying the same thing. And I think that's very interesting. It is very interesting. I agree. Sorry, I had to go back. I had to have wanted to put that in there. Okay, so we've got we've got eight. No, we've got we've got four. We've got eight. No, we've got 15. But wait, 14. 14. And this. How does Roger? Who is a musician? Is he Jesus? How does he know that if he rubs the baby puppy, he can bring it back to life? How? That's not just random common knowledge information. Yeah, that's not in the common sense bucket. And they clearly have it. Well, first of all, is it normal to have 15 puppies in a litter? Like, holy shit. It, it can happen, but no. No, that's okay. I was like, is that a thing? Normal. No. I thought it was like five to seven. A big litter is like 10. So her having 15 is just ridiculous. So realistically, it would have been reasonable for it to go back down to 14 because holy shit, how could she have created 15 puppies? That's so many. Yes. Yep. Too many puppies. That is too many puppies. Yeah, then Roger just psychically knows. Yes. If you do this, can you save a puppy? Will this work? Really? It oh, can. Shit. It can work. Yeah, I, it can work. But how does Roger nothing about animals except for whatever he's done with Pongo know that that's going to work? That's that's what bo- that bothered me. But that's okay. Well, which also means that if he didn't, which like logic would suggest that that was not common sense, which means he was just shaking a dead puppy. I mean, just in case. Yeah, he wasn't shaking it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, wiggling. He was just wiggling. He was A rubbing dead puppy. Dead puppy. Just for in case. Hits and giggles. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh my god, this got really dark really fast. I don't know if I like <laughs> it. It's deteriorated so. I didn't sign on for this. Oh god. Um. <laughs> <gasps> I'm sure Roger meant good things. Good th- uh, you know what? It's okay, everyone, because the puppy's alive. 
Yay, the puppy lived! It's okay. That's Lucky, isn't it? And that's Lucky. We name him Lucky, who kind of has a horseshoe pattern on his back later. Yeah, it's I very noticed cute. that. I did not notice that before until I watched it the second time, and I was like, aw, because he's Lucky. He's is so cute. Yeah, I did notice that when I watched it. Um, it's yeah, then, cute. then Cruella shows up. And okay, you want to know my next thing about Anita? Cruella is not a fucking psychic. No. So right. Anita must have told her that the puppies Someone were Someone called that woman uh -huh. and told her that the puppies were on the way. So here's here I'm going to I'm going to drop my theory bomb. Okay. I think it's cuz she shows up for the puppies knowing they're there and is ready to like dish out cash in hand. Oh hell yeah. Um, <laughs> Roger does saddest, but also pretty sweet. I know he stands uh, up to Cruella and he does. He's, he's a stuttering mastering the entire thing, but he's so, he's so great when he does it. It's so well, great. And I think it's very real for like a passive person to confront someone who is that aggressive and that good at being the loudest person. That'd be terrifying. And she's clearly upper class and is oh, certainly okay with screaming at people. Uh-huh. So, like, he, do he does his best. He says no. He says none of them are for sale. Krull is pretty fucking pissed about it. Like, yep. real fucking pissed. Oh, yeah. But she says... So she says... These couple lines that seem kind of throwaway line, but I think they're bigger than they really make it out to be. Because she says, well, I've had it. I've had it with all of you. I'm not like she's it's almost in my brain. I was like, is she helping Anita with that house? Was this a preordained thing? That's like Cruella was expecting to acquire these puppies because they're kind of classmates. Maybe she was helping Anita financially. Maybe oh. she just expected Anita to be okay with it. And then Anita was like, oh, but I'm not really okay with it anymore. Because Corolla oh, fucking works out. Yeah, I never thought of it that way. I always took it as, um, you know, with her, with her seeing the puppies and realizing they're, you know, ugly white rats. Oh, God, she yeah. does call them that, too. Yeah. That she just doesn't so want them anymore, and she's pissed off because she was expecting baby Dalmatians, and she gets these ugly little white rats. Those aren't going to be any good for her if she wants a Dalmatian coat. So she's done with the situation. That's how I always took it. Oh, well, and that's one way to... The only reason I took it the other way is because the moment... Like, Anita, instead of just being like, okay, bye, Anita's like, oh, no, they'll get their spots. Yeah. A couple, like, Anita keeps inviting her to stay. Yeah, Anita wants... These to, weird passive ways. Yeah, Anita wants to be friends. It's weird. Yeah, and I think Corolla being just the entitled... Bitch. I'm going to go ahead and call her a narcissist. Yeah, she's a bitch. She's a terrible human being. She just expected Anita to be okay with it. And she does mention, she's like, what are you going to do with 15 puppies? You can't afford them. You're already right. paying for everybody's everything. What the fuck are you doing? So, 
I mean, I don't know. I had I had some questions about maybe who Anita was before she met Roger and maybe some things she was maybe not on board with. Like maybe she didn't wear fur, but maybe she wasn't like that was just what people did in her social class and didn't really see it as a problem until she saw 15 baby puppies that her classmate was like, you know what? I like to wear those. <laughs> yeah. She was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. But, and but then, Roger saves the day, the sweetheart. Roger does save the day. That's that's the sweetest moment. Him and his song about Cruella DeVille, which we totally skipped over. Oh, oh we did. Which, it's at first, so Roger gives me fucking anxiety. He does. In that first visit when he goes upstairs and sings that song loudly. Because as, uh-huh. just to get, it's, it's going to get dark. And actually, you can choose if you want to get involved with this conversation. Like, as someone who's dated passive-aggressive men, this is something that I've had happen around, like, family members who I really don't want to piss off for one reason or another. Uh Uh-huh. So, to have your partner go in the next room and, like, talk shit loudly or, like, play music aggressively can... Oh, man, he sent my anxiety up. I was like, oh, this, why? No. <laughs> I can only imagine. You're not helping. Yeah. No. He's I think not. Anita says, I think she says you're no help that first yeah, time. Yeah, she says something to that effect. This time he does help, and he kind of, he comes and he saves the day. Crow is pissed. Yep. But she doesn't come back, and the puppies grow up, kind of. It's only been a month. Like if you, How old would you say? Do those look like month-old puppies to you? No, but if you follow the timeline, because it says one rainy day in the end of October, right? Or no, was yeah. it? It just says in yeah, October. Yeah, that was the end of October. Well, then the puppies are only like two weeks old. The timeline doesn't she fit. She didn't have spots yet. No, because they're still like weird October gray spots. Earth. They're stolen on November 1st, but they were born in the end of October? God, that's a tiny puppy. Oh, my God. That puppy's still nurse. Anyway, I put the puppies at at four four weeks old, which, yes, they'd still be nursing. I put them when they're watching Canine Crunchies there in Thunderbolt, who I, that to me is the best part of the movie. The Canine Crunchies saw. Canine Crunchies can't be beat. They make each meal a special treat. Anyways, they're only... I put the puppies about four weeks old when they were stolen, but now thinking about the timeline, I think they were actually even younger. God, this hurts my brain. Oh, well, and I'm just like, well, then the movie's over. Because you know what? The puppies get kidnapped, and then you know what happens? They die. They die. (laughs) Because nursing. Because science. What? Because reality. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fucking nature. Anyway, so the puppies are, I guess, four weeks old when they're stolen by, by what'd you call them? Tall and squat? Tall and tubs. Tall and tubs. That's right. <laughs> Which, you know what? I might stick with that. They do have names. It's Jasper and Horace. Tall and tubs. I gotta, I gotta, We're going with tall and tubs. I gotta write down tall and tubs. So, <laughs> oh, I write this down. Um, um, but yeah, they're they're brothers. Like they keep that going back to what the actual book was. They're brothers, but in the books, 
Their names are Jasper and Saul. Oh, better call not, Saul. Yeah, not Jasper Funny. and Horace. I and wonder why they changed it. I don't know, but they're actually only the housekeepers. They're not the ones that actually steal the puppies. Somebody else steals the puppies. Interesting. And they're just housekeepers. And then when Cruella comes in and is like, you must do all the murders. They're like, but <laughs> she does too. Yeah, but she's like, and they're like, but we don't get paid enough for that. Well, so. and they mentioned, so we puppy TV time. They're going to go to bed. Uh, Anita and Roger have taken Purdy and Pongo on their evening walk. Yes. So it's clearly date night. But, it's clearly date night. And now yeah. we have no one home but the little old cook, which is what Tall calls her. Nanny, he calls nanny. her a couple not nice names. Yeah, he's a jerk. He's kind of a douche. But you know what? I I started, so I had a piece of me that got very sad for him because he's clearly an alcoholic. Yes. And there's some reference to it a couple yeah. times where I'm like, oh, no. I, You know what? I actually got got um like upset and sad for for Horace, right? Horace is, is Tubbs? Tubbs, anyways. Yes, Horace is Tubbs. Because he's clearly very smart. Like if you listen to the words that he says, like his lines are always the next plot point of the story. And every single time he says something, Jasper's like, fuck you, you're wrong. And like hits him. He so he's does very in an abusive relationship. abusive. Brother, but still, he's still in an abusive relationship, and his opinion doesn't matter. And I feel sorry for Horace. Like, I've, like, I don't like it. I've been in that situation. Well, and, it's not a fun place to be. Well, and Horace even makes the point. He says, if we, like, if we get caught again, so they've clearly been told to do this a couple times and is jasper is clearly the one that's okay with this because drinking makes you okay with a lot of things that aren't okay and poor horace is just trapped with his brother and he mentions he says if we get they'll throw away the key if we get pinched again well they'll throw away the key we'll go away for life yep and i did look up some laws and in london in london england it's Anywhere from, I think it said five, oh, it said four to eight years for breaking and entering, and it can be 15 and more if someone is home or you have a weapon. Which they've been arrested twice already, and they have weapons. And somebody was home. And somebody was home. So in theory, these two have already lost a pretty big chunk of time. Right. Doing this. Or Horace, I feel so bad for him now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. oh, that's he doesn't so deserve sad. any of the stuff that happens to him. No, and he is just like trapped in this world with his very drunk brother doing a job that he so doesn't want to do. Yep. And the the other the uh, on the flip side of that, had they just listened to him. There wouldn't be a movie because they would have just caught the puppies in the very beginning and that would have been the end of it. And that would have been it. It's good. It's fine. Yep. But no, it's no, his brother is like, 
hey, we're doing it and you don't get any opinions and I'm going to drag you into this horribly dangerous uh, class B felony. Yeah. So they do. And they go up with their bag with electric spelt wrong, which is the I cutest thing I've ever seen. It's so adorable. It's great. It's so cute. And he makes up some laws about new codes and why they have to walk into the house. And dude, Nanny yeah. is a down bitch. She's having none of it. Yep. She's like, you're full of shit. Get the fuck out. Yeah, and fucking bravo to her. Yeah. Um, and they break in really aggressively. Yeah, no, they're fucking mean. And it was it was all Jasper too. Like Jasper like brought her on a wild goose chase through the house and locked her upstairs in Roger's room and like Oh, and like teases her and calls her like Ooh. kind of sexually like lightly sexually harasses her and calls her ducky and it's quest he's not a good guy. No, he's, he's not. Dude. He's a jerk. I don't like him. And so this poor woman is chasing this very tall, super rude man around the house, yep. just being a champion. She's fucking throwing plates and she's fighting. She was such a badass. She tried so uh -huh. hard. Was, if I ever she, have a nanny, I hope she's as badass as that. She kind of reminds me of Betty White. <laughs> oh, yes. Doesn't she? That's amazing. I like I love it. It's great. Oh, you just want her to be your grandparents so bad. Yeah. Okay. Suddenly Jasper is a dick and is like, oh, we're not welcome, as if he gaslights the fuck out of her and lets go yep. of the door and they're gone. Yep. Poof. Out. And being the logical woman she is, she's like, they probably stole all the good silver. What a bunch of dicks. She's grumbling about them stealing the silver. She doesn't even think about the fact that they would have stolen the animals. Well, and to, you know, thinking about it with it being 58, she would have thought that this was long over now. Like, people don't yeah. skin in for That's not a job anymore. Right, and it's definitely um, not, like, house pets. Yeah. Like, that's not something people do. But she goes into the kitchen, and the puppies are gone. And instead of going to the phone... She goes out like 911. Which 911 wouldn't have been a thing back then, actually. You know, 1960s, 50s, 60s, oh, London. I guess she would have just called like Scotland Yard and whatever right. their actual number would have been. Right. So her, just, you know, her going out into the street and screaming as crazy and ludicrous as it seems to us, honestly, probably was pretty common. Oh, and you know, I think, you know what, we don't have it so much here, but I have seen it in a lot of, like, European, particularly, like, London and whatnot. I think they have police that just patrol the streets. Yeah. Like, walk up and down the road. Uh, we don't have that there. The cops do not care. They will not come save you. <laughs> America. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> America. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Anyways, um, we're not going to political here. We promise. So I guess that does make more sense. Because when I was watching it just in my brain, I was like, why? What are you doing? Because she oh, is. No. She's just screaming. 
police. Oh no, I have a joke here that says she runs outside and st- screams, "They stole the puppies, police!" Which to me just sounds like the cops came and confiscated her dogs because she's a crazy animal hoarder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> but that's not what happened. <laughs> no, that is all Jasper and Horace. Because they're jerks. That was Jasper and Horace, and they're terrible human beings. Or at least Jasper's a terrible human being, and Horace is by association. Yes, because he sticks with his brother. God only knows why, but he does. But he's there with him, because probably because his brother is a drunk and he has no one else. Yeah. So. Oh, go ahead. Well, alcohol abuse and any type of abuse in that aspect is generally passed on through the the different generations so maybe their parents were alcoholics and abusive or whatever so that's what they grew up in and you know they died of alcohol poisoning or whatever because you know alcohol is a horrible drug well, and, and it's so very like it's really all... safe to assume that yeah yeah, so maybe that's all Jasper and Horace have left is each other because their parents are gone and Jasper's grown up in that. Or sorry, Horace has grown up with that. I see him being the younger brother, so that's like all he knows. So he doesn't know to get out because he doesn't realize that that behavior is bad. Well, and when you're when you are in that dynamic, that um, taking care of an addict dynamic... It becomes a very, um, what's the codependent situation where you suddenly feel like you are responsible for that person's addiction and somehow are going to magically fix it just by being there and furnishing it. And so I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think that's very much where Horace is in his life. And I think he's, he's attached to Jasper, not because they have a healthy relationship and like each other but because he has to take care of his older brother yeah and they're both i mean don't get me wrong i don't, I don't want to paint horace as this like perfect angel because he's not because he's oh no he definitely is okay with beating dogs to death at some point no and and on and on some level too he's just as abusive as jasper is but it's they're sad honestly like they, they don't have anybody else and they're horrible to one another, but they're all one another have. So they, they stick together. Like. Am it I, is very I, like reminiscent of that. You get a really good example in a really obscure, like backstory kind of way of this, like um, sibling abuse cycle almost, or at least family abuse cycle that happens where you've gotten to a point where no one is really the good guy anymore. Yeah. It's not for lack of trying or anything, but it's like if you are enabling the addict, then you are therefore just perpetuating the behavior. And so some part of you is either okay with this behavior or it serves you in some way, whether it be it helps your codependence or you secretly are not ready to have a better life than that. It's very on both ends. And I think Horace and Jasper are very much caught in that. Yes. Cruella is very much the, like, you know, she's, like, the person who sells drugs who finds those people and is like, hey, I'll give you a job, and just is able to take advantage of that dynamic. Oh, no, she totally is. I mean, she bursts in that night and is like, you will kill 99 puppies, 
and have them skinned by morning and I don't want any butts about it. Like you will do this. Oh yeah, because well, she's not paying hundreds of dollars to for an overseas farrier to do it. Yeah, no. She's gonna have her two. They crazy- don't exist in her town anymore, and she'd be super fined if she was caught doing it on her own. Um so she's gonna put these two poor bastards in danger and make them not only commit animal cruelty, breaking and entering, but then animal murder and skinning and producing of fur products. So there's Oh, Jesus. They're going to go to jail forever. They're going to die in prison because of this horrible woman who just, like, doesn't want to spend the money. She, like, she still wants the furs, but she doesn't want to buy them from India. So she's like, I know furriers. I'm going to do it myself, except not myself, because I'm lazy. Right. So she's going to hire these two blokes to do it. Those poor guys. You really are. I feel like we've gotten off on a tangent again, though. But this is a tangent that I think we need. I don't think Horace and Jasper get enough in-depth analogy to them. Like or, They're not really looked at. They're very much that, like... They, they need to be analyzed, and I don't think people do. I think people don't pay attention to that. They're kind of treated as throwaway characters, but there's actually yeah. kind of a lot of depth to them in this weird, obscure, like, undertone. I agree. Poor tall and tubs. Poor tall and tubs. So where did we leave off? We kind of got sidetracked on the killing of the So, oh, oh, so right. like we screamed. screamed at tall and tubs. Um, and now we're gonna we're Corella's gonna call Anita and gaslight the fuck out of her. Yeah. And she is mad guy. You wanna talk if you would like the definition of gaslighting, go to this spot in the movie. And just Listen watch it. to what Corella does. Because she calls Anita. And oh, it's so sad that the puppies got stolen. Who would ever do such a thing? Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. And, uh, and she has some really fabulous bedtime black mink wear on. Yeah, I know. And she's feeling pretty good about herself. Yep, but how dare some random person steal those puppies? I hope you can oh, find like, them. Yes, she said she's, did you call Scotland Yard and anything I can do to help? We're classmates. I love you. Um, she knows where the puppies are. Oh, yeah, of course she does. Because then she gets off the phone with Anita and calls Horace and Jasper and is like, fucking kill them. And is Yeah, and is basically like, are they dead yet? Why not? Right. Uh, oh, but when, okay, so this is one of the parts where Roger, again, does the super anxiety-inducing thing, where she, Anita is on the phone talking to Corella, just gaslighting the shit out of her, and I understand, in the long run, like, he is right, she did steal the dogs, but he does this thing where they walk around you and talk real loudly, so that they can be heard, through your conversation in the phone. And I've had a couple situations where I've ended up at the receiving end of one person screaming at the other person who is yelling at the receipt. It immediately just full all the anxiety. You became the middleman. Yes. And it was terrifying. And I, again, not because Roger's a bad guy, but because of my own place of where I am, I immediately was angry at him. 
Yeah. And you know what? Anita is too. Anita kind of tells him that was rude. But but is being rude. It is rude. And you know what? He did not know for sure she stole the puppies. And it's rude and it's anxiety inducing. And Anita's a very polite, quiet person. So this behavior, like it had her, it threw her off too. She calls him an yeah. idiot. Oh, <laughs> um, Anita doesn't need Roger. She can do this on her own. But she can, sure, her saying "you idiot" is so sweet, though. Yep, she's does is not good at sounding angry. No, she isn't. <laughs> and you idiot. <laughs> It's so passive. <laughs> um, so, and Corella's a narcissist and thinks it's her. It's Anita. And they hang yeah. up. Yeah. And then the dogs take it upon themselves because clearly the humans have tried all that they can do and are not good enough to find the puppies. Yeah, so Pongo goes and reports to Purdy about how, uh, yeah, they're not going to find these puppies. Nope. So Pongo gets the great idea, which I, which if, if this was so readily known, why does Purdy not know about the Twilight barking chain? Why doesn't Purdy know? She's well, like, no, she old... does say, she says it's a gossip chain. Oh yeah, that's true. She does. She does throw it away as a useless tool though. Uh, immediately. Yeah. She's like, that's good. Like it's their version of the Kardashians. Yeah. She's for, like, still- entertainment news. Mm-hmm. And so Purdy's like, fuck that. Pongo's like, now nah, we're going to try. Yep. So they go out and proceed to piss off all of London. Well, all of the dogs in all of London piss off all of London. Yeah, and this is round one of this. <laughs> these two dogs being the catalyst of all of London not being allowed to sleep over the yep. next month. <laughs> right? Like, whoa, fuck. I'd be so mad. I would too. <laughs> yeah. Why? I would. I mean, oh. I mean, the owners. To the owners' credits, though, they do try to get the dogs to stop barking. And it just doesn't work. Oh no, Pongo's having none of it. Yeah, he wants nothing to do with the knot of the barking. Like, he wants all the bark. He's gonna do all the bark in yep. all the places. Yeah, he is. And Perdita makes a good point, which is it's fucking cold. No one's gonna hear you, but you know what? They do. That great day. Some, some terrible pet owner has left their great Dane outside. Which that's yeah, mm-hmm. great things don't <laughs> right? have the best fur coats, and he's just like, I'm outside doing my thing. It doesn't matter that it's cold and nasty outside. I'm not freezing to death. Bark, bark. Like, is, yes, like November in London. This dog's just outside. It's fine. No one cares. Uh, yeah. Oh, I was so sad for that dog. A lot of these dogs, actually. Like, all oh, these dogs are just fucking outside. Mm-hmm. So we oh, but as we scroll through, we Even see lady. lady was outside. Lady was outside, and she does her little over-the-shoulder head turn. Yeah, we get uh, a little black scotty dog. 
Yeah, we get. I think he's called Scotty. I think he is too. Oh, it's but then he's in there. Little he's in Scotty. there, and we get Peg from the pound with a litter of puppies. Did you notice that? With a litter of puppies. And Peg, right next girl. to her, is the, and with right next to her is the bulldog, whose name I can't remember. No, I don't, and I don't know if we get a name, but I do remember in Lady and the Tramp, which we'll get to, he does borderline, like, verbally assault Lady in jail yeah. until Peg comes and saves her. Right. And is like, maybe don't harass this one, because she's clearly not from here. Right? But I just think it's great that almost, almost, because we don't ever see Tramp, almost the, the entire cast of Lady and the Tramp shows up in 101 Dalmatians. Right? And they do it like, uh, they do it so means, smooth that I really didn't catch it the first time. And then I was like, wait a minute, every dog. This is all the dogs. Dogs, yep. And that movie was made in 1955. So they all got so That came right after this one? No, no, no. This 101 oh, Dalmatians was six years later. Lady and the Tramp came out in 55, and then Dalmatians came out in 61. God. Yeah, it's such a huge difference, and they're so similar. I, uh, Lady and the Tramp. Damn, that's cool. I love the oh. Disney Easter eggs. They're so yeah, much fun. They are a lot of fun. We'll have to do like an episode that's just special Disney Easter eggs because that'll be fun. Where we just go through and list where they come from. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we're across town. We've got Danny the Great Dane. Yeah, who's like some very tiny terrier is losing his shit. Oh it's hilarious. That little dog. He's a shit. He Dude, thinks he's he, that is a crack dog. dog. He is. The dog is on crack cocaine. He Dude. thinks he's helping. He thinks he's helping. He's not helping. No. He's like he's like that friend that likes to tell you to look. Do you see what you're looking at while you're watching a movie? Yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> and poor Danny just puts up with him and passes the message along. Who does it goes from there to I oh shit, I did get the dog's name. We have like we have Prissy, who is the dog with the the fancy lady from the beginning. Oh, you did get their names. Yeah, that was Prissy. And Oh, maybe that was the only one I got. <laughs> Danny and Percy. And then, yeah, and then I just have Lady. Hey. Yeah. Oh, Toto. Toto's from the beginning. Toto was Toto's from the Wizard of Oz. No. Toto's from the Wizard Toto. of Oz, but Toto is one of the, she's the art dog. She says, oh. Toto, be quiet now. It's oh, she's definitely, yeah. Um. And we get the message all the way to the colonel. Yes. With Sergeant Tibbs. With Sergeant Tibbs! I, Tibbs is still my favorite. I know I said it earlier, but Tibbs is still my favorite. Because what do you do when work needs to be done? Apparently all the dogs rely on the cat. Yeah. <laughs> do the heavy lifting. Yep. The colonel's kind of useless. I'm not, like... Dude, he's he tries super his useless. best. He tries his best, but he's not, not good. 
It, it's very much one of those, like, oh, bless your heart situations. Yeah, like, you think you're helping. You're so cute. Aw, <laughs> that's adorable. Please get out of the way. Exactly. So we have, I was drinking. So we rely wholly on Sergeant, who... Yeah. Oh, it's okay, so I did write this down. The Colonel... Because Sergeant Tibbs has to tell the colonel there's a message. Because apparently the colonel can't hear good. <laughs> and then he has to interpret and, the message. Yeah, because we have 15 spotted puggles, poodles, puddles. Oh, puddles. puddles. And then puddles. he goes to sleep. He doesn't question it. He's like, that must be the message. Puddles. Yep, makes sense. Good night. <laughs> no, no. This Tibbs is like... Like, let's be honest. It's Tibbs that runs that place with Captain. Absolutely. <laughs> the colonel is there for looks only. He's like that grandpa that you, like, still call colonel because he served in World War whatever and you respect him but doesn't do a whole lot anymore. Right. Like, we yeah. love him. He's amazing. Can't really hear good anymore. He's like, you know, everybody, I'm sure everybody has that one family member that when they come over, and, and they're always an older family member, and when they come over, they're just like, damn it, Grandma, go sit back in the corner. Like, <laughs> that's the colonel. Just eat your pie, Carolyn. God. Yeah, all right. You know, like, just, just go back where you were, what you're doing. We got this. You know, like, because let's be honest. If it wasn't for Tibbs going in and really knowing what the hell was going on, the entire movie would have been shot. Oh, absolutely. He would have he would have accepted 15 spotted puddles and gone to bed. Yep. And that would have been the end of that. Yep. Uh, but we apparently there has been some barking down at the old DeVille place. It hasn't yeah. been running for 15 years. Hell which hell. would be 1943 for context. Right. right. So that makes sense. Yep, which would have been when they were still, they would not have been, here's the thing I thought was interesting. They wouldn't have actually been like hunting and skinning animals then because the the local trapping grounds had pretty much been trapped out since right. the 1800s. It was because people got out of hand when fur was really popular and the Furriers Association took over and they just got out of hand because white people have no fucking self-control. And they <laughs> wouldn't listen to the natives and they all hunt and trapped everything to shit. And so by this point, what they were doing was importing pelts and then assembling them locally. So oh. Hell Hall would have been an assembly factory. That makes sense. In theory. Right. So Which, it does kind of make Corella all the more batty cakes because she's like, no, I'm going to go full bore. I'm just going to kill some puppies. It'll be fine. That makes sense, too, because if we're going back to the original stuff, because Cruella married the furrier and then had him move his entire collection to their home. And then the movie just kind of mixed together Hell Hall and the furrier's place all into one place because those were actually two different places because Cruella lived with her husband and Hell Hall was the ancestral DeVille family home. And that would have made more sense. Right. Like so they one just kind of 
mushed the two buildings together. Probably because it was easier for the story. Like, there, it would have taken extra explaining. Oh, oh. So it's they only... just kind of have her living in this huge, decrepit house that we don't really get a lot of explanation on if it's her home, why it's broken down, why she had money once I... but doesn't now. But this would be the explanation, though. There. I don't think she lives there. I don't there. think she does either. No, I think she's just using it to hoard the Yeah, puppy. I think. Because they say it hasn't been running. So they do very much like suggest that it's a factory type thing. Right. And they, they get very smoke. Right. They get very weirded out when there's a car that pulls up to the driveway. Yes, very much like it's not a residence. There's no reason right. for people to there's be up no there. Re- exactly. So Tibbs is sent off to investigate. And he so finds- Tibbs, poor Tibbs. Go check it out. It's an old furrier factory where people literally assemble dead versions of you. Go look. Onward. Or tips. <laughs> yeah. But he does it. He doesn't bat it He does it. Because nope. he's a champion. He is. And he finds all 99 puppies. Yeah, he finds lots more than 15. He oh, yeah, finds... He Every puppies that mention that they are bought and paid for. Yes, I was just thinking that it does mention that they've been bought and paid for. So if she bought and paid all paid for all these other puppies, why steal Anita specifically? Why doesn't she just wait for fifteen more puppies to show up? And why does she need so, ninety nine specifically? I think this I falls know. into the Anita might owe her a favor. And she was going to, like, buy those puppies at Anita to give Anita more money because Anita's financially supporting the situation. And when Anita backed out, it became a matter of, like, she broke her promise for those extra 15 puppies for me. Maybe those extra 15 would have been Corella's coat and the other coat she was going to sell. Maybe. But then, Maybe. like, Anita backed out and she was like, how dare you? Mm-hmm. had... A kind of an unofficial agreement. I have right. no proof on this theory of why Anita is secretly a horrible person, but I've been bowling over it for three days. Right. <laughs> That's somewhere. I thought I read somewhere that when I was reading the book stuff, it said that she could make six coats out of them. You know what? I was going to... That that seems reasonable, though. I don't... I feel like that's too many. Those are small pelts. They are. Not to freak everyone out with the word pelt, but, like, I don't know. That's what they'd be. If if there was follow-through, I don't know. Spoiler, all the puppies live, in case you've lived under a rock for the last hundred years. <laughs> Spoiler, all the puppies. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh, no. like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Tibbs, Tibbs counts out 99 puppies, finds the missing 15 spotted puddles, almost gets killed <laughs> by almost gets killed by Jasper when he throws his fucking bottle of vodka at him. And then Because poor Tibbs was just sitting there and Jasper tried to drink him, because Jasper is a drunk and has no sense of his surroundings. Exactly. So he grabs this poor cat who behaves Perfectly appropriately perfectly for a cat. Normal, perfectly rational for a cat. 
But for some reason, Jasper decides it's a good reason to throw darts at him, which I thought was really upsetting. That was really horrible and just shows how, like, abusive Jasper really can be. Like, he's like, that's not even getting a job. He was doing that for fun, which is sociopath level. Right. Yeah. No, that's what. Yeah. I mean, he sees a cat and his automatic reaction is let's throw pointy, sharp things at it. Like, um, excuse me, sir. No. You need to take several volume and sit the fuck down. What is wrong with you? That's not okay, dude. Yeah, I was like, I was actually kind of genuinely a little uncomfortable on rewatching that. I was like, wow, I didn't, um, hmm. Well, that too. And when they're like, no, you can kill them and I'm going to skin them. No, I'm going to kill them and you're going to skin them. I was like, this, this is, this is a children's movie. And they're literally talking about murdering and dismantling dogs in it. Like... And in theory, like, which job is easier to do as if that's somehow debatable in a child in a child's mind? Right. I get that. If we're going to talk about really dark stuff, what's the worst? I've heard the dead baby jokes. Don't get me wrong. I'm not unaware of dark humor. But the reality is, is we have a children's movie that's openly debating if killing or skinning an animal is worse. Yeah. Which job you'd rather do if you had to. Mm-hmm. And this is adapted from a children's book that did the same thing. That had the scene in it. Okay, so this was, yeah, like that's that's another thing where it's like, ah, mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, like if the wrong small kid watched this play out with Horace and Jasper and had the like, I like the bad guys thing, which many kids do. My kid was a big Kylo Ren fan for some yeah. weird reason. Um, then you can justify some real questionable behavior, like maybe throwing things at animals or trying to hit them with stuff. Like, I don't know. Mm. Disney, what are you doing? (laughs) Disney, what the fuck? What the fuck, Disney? (laughs) So we we go on a chase. Yes, Tibbs, Tibbs does eventually get the puppies out. Well, oh, he actually, actually, he doesn't get them out. He does try to get them out, but fucking Lucky needs to watch the stupid TV. Fucking Lucky's a TV addict. Can we talk about the TV show that Jasper and Horace are watching? (gasps) Oh my God, yes. Can we talk about this bonkers ass TV show for a minute? I want this TV show to happen. No. Like, I would watch the fuck out of that. I want to know what this dude did. Like, did he what? He was so proud of himself just sitting there with like a smile on his face. And I love the detail with the discomfort of the asking of the questions. Yeah. The people like that poor woman is like, did you? Well, I was it like maybe did you hurt someone until they died? (laughs) I (laughs) I mean, murder. Did he murder someone? <laughs> Is that the word? Yeah, but again, you know, props for Disney there because they didn't just flat out say, did you murder somebody? They made this poor TV woman in the movie find a way to say, did you murder somebody without actually saying, did you murder somebody? Yeah, well, and I think they kind of, they managed to capture the awkwardness that that would actually entail. Yeah. 
Which is like, it seems so easy to just go up and ask someone what they did. But I think when you're really in that situation, it changed. I also, how much did you love that? He was like, you get two weeks vacation after you serve your time. Yes. <laughs> it's like, what if he's in jail for life, though? <laughs> right. Well, I think, you know what? Honestly, I think the show is betting on the fact that they're in jail for life. So now they don't actually need to pay the vacation. There's no follow through necessary. No, there, there's no, so <laughs> there's no need for follows through. You can have two, two weeks paid vacation on us when you get out of jail. Oh, you're in there for life? <laughs> Our bad. Are bad. Thanks for the free programming. Bye. Right. Pretty much. Oh my god. That's so terrible. It's super oh, I still watch the shit out of it. I would too. I still watch it. I love it. I would too. And that just says something about our characters. I that's what happens when you grow up watching like cops and CSI. And CSI. And NCIS. Oh, all the all the good horror they're not horror but all the good murder tv shows murdery tv and dexter dexter was good did you know dexter's apparently coming back are we i fell off with dexter when they tried to cross the like sister line i know they're not actually i know he's adopted and all i was just like yeah i don't know if y'all ran out of plot points to use but i'm out but i guess they're bringing it back but anyways moving on because that has nothing to do with what this we're talking. totally other thing um <laughs> So we're gonna uh Tibbs tries to get the puppies out. Well no, Tibbs escapes all... Jasper throwing bottles at him. Right. Then we go back to oh, we go back to Pongo where the Dane is telling him the puppies have been found. Right. There's and news, then they we found the puppies. And then they go off and cross a freezing river in November to go to Primrose Hill, which is in Sussex, miles away from London City, where they live. Dude, these dogs are... Am I a pessimist? Those dogs are super dead. They're covered in plot armor. They're like, covered in Disney magic. Yes, that's why they don't die. Because, no, I agree. Like, any, any dog that jumped into a freezing cold river that was moving that fast? Right! Like, the animation for when they just pan the river is so freaking fast. Like, those dogs wouldn't have been able to swim in that. They would have died. They would have been drugged right? under and drowned. And we're saying, like, okay, so even if they... All right, let's say they made it out of the river. Now they're wet. Yeah, they would have frozen to death. There's no way. Like, yeah, like, I'm sorry, Disney. But, uh, yes, they have Disney magic armor. Which gives them the ability to be impervious to the elements. Duh. X-Men. Duh. I know. Where have I been <laughs> my whole life? What is wrong with me? So yeah. off they go. And we cut back to Hell Hall, where Corella is at Hell Hall, and she's pissed again, because she doesn't know how to communicate in any other way. Yeah, no. All she knows how to do is yell and scream and throw her arms around. Yeah, like she has one moment where she's not screaming, and it's just so she can gaslight Anita. She's Italian. She she like <laughs> she has so many feelings <laughs> and so much hand talking. You're right; she does a lot of hand talking. Yeah, and she smokes, and her cigarettes are green. They are pretty gross. 
They are nasty. Usually I really love that look with like the beautiful long stick. I think Audrey Hepburn has a lot of pictures with it. And it looks so elegant and pretty. And somehow Corella makes it look disgusting. Real gross. Yeah. Like even as a smoker, when she was in Anita's house, just waving smoke, I was like, oh, God. Uh Uh-huh. No, That in itself is a sin and a crime. It's Mm. terrible. And she, she says she in. wants the puppies killed tonight. Tonight. Dead. All of them. Bash them in the a head. 99. I want what you to murder 99 it? small animals in less than eight hours. Yeah. Something about drown them, poison them, bash them in the head. I think those are her exacts. It is. And you know what? It took me reading the crap. I finally read the context. And the last thing she says is, do you have any chloroform? Yeah. And then he, like, he responds, no ether either. Yeah. Which is suggestive that at one point they did. Yeah. This is not their first time killing animals. Like, clearly this is a little bit of a career choice. Yes. And it's scary. But again, you know, if they grew up or were the children of, you know, furrers and the fur industry or like illegal fur industry if they were the children of people who worked illegally acquiring fur or even have to spend money to import it because it was very expensive right or even if they were part of the legal fur industry that's now illegal they would have had those supplies on hand it would have been that's true normal to them it's true, which makes it actually, which does make it like slightly less horrifying because it's, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, well, he has bombs, but also he works in de- demolition. Yeah. Out of context, super scary. In context, makes sense. Yeah, your parakeet agrees. Apparently, he Kovu has lots of things to say about stuff and sometimes thinks he's a bat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not his fault. <laughs> it's probably mine. I don't know. <clears throat> Did you give your so, form? I mean, I try to feed them enough so that they get sleepy fat, but they're too smart. And instead they just scream at me a lot. <laughs> that, that sounds about right. That's a good animal. Yeah, oh, they're man. very aware. Zoos. Uh but they want to finish their show. Which I would have that would have been me. I would have been yeah. like, I know to do this job and shit but i'm watching i want to see what happens on maury like is he the father what's up yeah and she's pissed but she lets them like she leaves she totally finished her show and then they go to murder the puppies guys like they're gonna do it they're okay with it yeah they're gonna murder these small things which is, I don't think I could, I don't think you could give me enough money to be capable. Like, I don't think I could get over my mother instinct to, it's a puppy. It's got, no. it's literally built to trigger that part in your brain that doesn't want to hurt it. Right. No, they, they like, are. They're, they're literally built to do that. Like. So, yeah. So to like get past that and to think that he's gotten past that before is really very scary. It is very scary. It's handled in a really nonchalant way because Disney movie. But the reality of what that means is actually 
pretty intimidating and this dangerous man and he should go back to jail immediately. He should. This is like he needs to go back right now. <laughs> His brother needs to go to therapy immediately. Yes, Jasper and Horses. You know, I, I made this note here. Now that we've done some extra like analysis on them, I don't think it fits anymore, but it does at the same time. I made a note that they remind me of the burglars from Home Alone. Oh. She was super abusive to those two guys, too. Well, I mean, everybody was super abusive to those two in that movie. That was the point of the movie. I mean, they were trying to burgle. They weren't trying to murder anyone, though. That's true. But so they're like, even in the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, and then, too, when Tibbs shows back up, I have this quote. The one puppy that goes, she's going to make coats out of us. Oh, my <laughs> God. I died. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that poor puppy knows. That fucking puppy's traumatized. Like, cool. He's aware. Little fox aware. Oh, God. He's like, that thing on her head's gonna be me. Right? Oh. Poor dog. We have our typical Disney, you know, chase scene where the bad guys try to chase the good guys, and it's ridiculous. Yeah, we get our... Our epic, pretty violent, but still mostly funny chase scene. Like, lots of stuff hitting people in the head and lots of falling over things. And it's a lot yeah. of fun. Um, it's done really well. It's a blast to watch. It's very, like, Three Stooges kind of humor. Yeah, it is. And and Tibbs tries his best to protect the, the puppies, but it doesn't work. And well, yeah, kind of and as we off... Off uh, the recording, we talked about it a little bit, how cats are, like, super star smart, but not great in crisis situations. Right, yeah, because my question was, why did Tibbs bring them upstairs? It's because he's a cat. <laughs> and that's really my theory. Like, I think he meant the best, but cats instinctually run somewhere high. Yeah, so Tibbs would have gone there. Yeah. That made sense. But he had 99 dogs chasing around behind him. So there was really, that was very bad planning. And we actually, we think that, like, it looks for a minute like Jasper and Horace might manage to kill at the very least Tibbs. And, and then, some of the puppies. Yeah, and some of the puppies. But then we get Pongo and Purdy. Pongo and Purdy to the rescue. Da -da -da! And they have not frozen to death. They break through the glass. Yep. They're our hero. And they look yeah. scary and mad like dogs would. Uh-huh. And they, they, they fuck up Tall and Tubbs pretty bad. They, they fuck up Tall and Tubbs' night. They definitely... <laughs> yep. Yeah, it was not fun. Not fun for Tall and Tubbs, anyways. But no. one thing here... And this... this this isn't like a movie. I mean, it is a movie thing, but it's not like this is an animation thing. I noticed in this whole segment that whenever we went to the puppies, 
sometimes the puppies would have collars and sometimes the puppies won't. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, it's because there was 99 and just not all of them had collars. No, like in one frame, Lucky would have his collar. And then in the next frame, Lucky would not have his collar. And it's clearly Lucky. And then in the next frame, Lucky's collar would be back. Like, <laughs> Oh, no. Just some animation, yeah. like, hiccups. Like. <laughs> Well, and that's, like, that's clearly, I think that would be an example of, like, probably when animators were changing, and you had a different animator drawing different scenes at different times. Or the end of one day and the beginning of the next day, and they missed a slide of adding in the collar type thing. Yeah, but it's it's probably so much easier. I'm so glad you said that, because now that I think of it, it's probably easy to keep track of Lucky because of his horseshoe. So you right. can watch things like that happen on him. Uh-huh. Whereas the other dogs are just kind of like a big cluster of chaos, except for Patch. Yeah. Patch is pretty easy to check, and then Roly-Poly there, too. Ro- whose whole name is just to body shame him, which is yeah. so sad. And the only line like, he ever says in the movie is, I'm hungry, mother. Like, okay. What are we? Where are we? In a Christmas story? Like, come on. You just had to know. I'm hungry all the same. Yeah, Tiny Tim. I'm hungry, mother. Please feed me. Please may I have some more? Yeah. Like, come on. And yeah, you're right. His name is just to fat shame him. It really is. It's just to, like, bring attention to the fact that it's not okay to be big. There's only one overweight dog, and they fat shame him with his name, literally. Yeah. Yeah. So that's... It's not okay. And it's like, damn, Disney, you're fucking mean, but okay. And, but they escape. They take the puppies. They escape. They're going to travel another three months, three weeks back to the city of London from Primrose Park Hill. Right. The the time frame of the entire, well, not the entire movie, but the time frame from when the puppies are born to when the puppies return home is like two months. From the time yeah, that just, the, puppies, the puppies are stolen on November 1st, they are returned, I'm pretty sure, Christmas Eve. So six weeks. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's right. They are back on Christmas Eve. Yeah. That's, he's talking about how it's a Christmas miracle. I think I was in there. Oh, my God. It's so, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to have a question and we're going to do it at the end of every podcast and we'll get there when we get there. Yeah. Um, so the, like the puppies, they're free. Uh, Cruella's pretty pissed that they've lost the puppies. So we're going to chase the puppies in cars. But it's not like they're hard to track. Like one would think, but apparently. Because apparently these dogs are super smart and can do things like erase their own footprints. Okay, or yeah. acknowledge that they should walk on the ice. Which, or, like, I have to say, when they stop the car, and again, this is another point where Horace is literally telling us the plot point of the story, and Jasper ignores him, they stop the car on the top of that bridge, and Horace is like, what if they're underneath the river and underneath the bridge because they learned that they have to walk on the ice so we don't track their footprints? And Jasper's like, <gasps> no, nah, you're a fucking idiot. And sure as he shit- does mention that. Yeah, and sure as shit, the puppies are under the bridge. Jasper, oh, that's what I mean. He's actually smart. He is smart. That's what I'm saying. The whole movie, every time Horace, well, not every time, but most of the time when Horace talks, 
He's telling us the next plot point. And Jasper just is like, you're a fucking idiot and ignores him. That's it. You know what? So it serves them right at the end, I'm going to say, because you know what? And I'm I'm going to do some alcoholic shaming, but as a recovered alcoholic, I'm going to tell everyone to sit the fuck down and chill out. If you had listened to the fucking person trying to save you this whole time, <laughs> it would have saved a lot of fucking trouble because he's like, we probably shouldn't break into this house. I really don't want to steal these puppies. Okay, if we're going to steal these puppies, they probably escaped this way. And he gets ignored the whole time. Yeah. And all it would have taken was listening to him one time, and they would have been fine. That's what I'm saying. You're fucking so right. Poor... Oh, it must be so hard to be... Poor Tubbs. Which Poor Tubbs. Now that I mentioned... Now that, you, now that we've gone there, is fat shaming. Yeah. And, and tall is... is it is body shaming at the it very is. least. It is using only body shapes to identify. Yeah. But I'm going to argue that they were going to kill puppies. <laughs> so that makes it okay. No, but they were going to kill puppies. <laughs> uh, you remember earlier when you said you understand dark humor. I think this <laughs> sounds like <laughs> I, I don't know if you're if you out there are okay with it, but it's out there now. No cuts. I a disclaimer at the beginning of this. If you don't like it, get the fuck out. So That's you, true. Well, it, and, we're what an hour and a half, almost two hours into this podcast now. If you're still here, you should have known it was coming, right? Like it's okay. And you know what? Kudos to you if you heard me say tall in tubs and you said body shaming, bitch. Brava. Bravo. Yeah. bravo. Bravo for catching me. I'm not going to apologize, but bravo. Good for you. Proud of you. Well done. Okay. okay. So, <laughs> on. the puppies and the, 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 the adults, the, I always want to call them the Dalmatians, the adults end up on this journey. They're, they're going through, you know, all kinds of stuff. They end up in this crazy ass snowstorm. Everybody's sick and tired and dying, and then Lassie oh, shows up to save them. His tail is frozen, and his yeah. nose is frozen, oh. and his and tail his is frozen. Frozen. Oh. frozen. It's so cute. It is cute. I love it. And I love when it like is, yeah, and Lassie to the boy Lassie to the rescue. Exactly. Yeah, Lassie to the rescue. And those cows, those sweet. Sweet, sweet cows. Oh, they're just so nice. And we address for the first time that Purdy can no longer feed in a very passive way. But we, yeah. for the first time, have addressed that these puppies have not eaten for a month. Well, I mean, they would die if they hadn't eaten for a month. But right? yeah. Again, but shielded by Disney magic. But like, we address the issue that the puppies have gone hungry. And yeah. that time. Purdy's milk has dried up. Like she can't provide for her babies anymore. Which I mean, that's dog science 101. Like dogs that don't would happen. That's very logical yeah. like, progression. But still, you know, and they get super excited about milk, which says to me too that these puppies aren't more than a month, a month and a half old. Yeah, like these are that's what I every time it got brought up in the story again I was like you're kind of you're ruining the Disney magic for me because you keep mentioning things that make it so that these would be super dead dogs 
Yeah. And <laughs> super like, young and super young puppies. Yeah, like this is just not you keep taking away Disney Magic Shield because you keep addressing the problem. Right. Like <laughs> <laughs> clearly you're aware. So right. oh, so but, but these cows are bless, them, bless their hearts. Bless their hearts. Yep, and they just want the puppies to stay with them forever. But the good thing that Lassie does do is tell him, tell Pongo and Purdy about the Labrador that can get them a ride home. Yes, but so there's this thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna use some like it's just super fucked up on the map because so we kind of establish that we're heading to Densford. Yes. Why Cruella knows that the puppies are in Densford? Don't know. Um, movie magic. Movie Disney movie magic. Disney movie um, magic. Also, why they went to Densford, which on Google Maps informed me is a total opposite direction of both Primrose Park and London City. Like it's way like they must have gotten lost or something because it's way. Elsewhere, <laughs> like a way. Though they get lost because I mean the whole concept of them being stuck in that storm is that they're dealing with stuff that they weren't expecting. Oh, that's true. And they could have just been like, "Want the collie does kind of mention that we thought you were lost, right?" Um, and he's really happy that he did find them because they thought they were just gone in the storm. So right. maybe okay. So that does make sense. Maybe Densford was the next identifiable town. And it's, like, for map context, it's way away. Like, they went way the wrong direction. But luckily, yeah, like, you, this Labrador is going to give them a ride home. Well, the Labrador's... Oh, the Labrador's pet... Oh, runs, the Labrador. The Labrador's pet runs a, a, a repair shop, and he's working on this truck that can get them home. Yes, that's heading to London. Yes. They have to hurry. Yes, they have to hurry. And this is also when we get puppy blackface. Because, you know, we that's do not get racist. puppy blackface. Oh my God. Racist. Whoa. It didn't occur to me when I was little. And I mean, I, I knew it was there in the, like, in the back of my head. Oh. But when I was watching it the other night, I was like, holy shit, that's blackface on puppies. It's, it's puppy right. style blackface. Holy and they're shit. with a Labrador, which is technically. Would be the black. Oh man! <gasps> You're oh god! I know. <laughs> That's not nice. Well, and they. Oh my god! And this whole system is like a weird doggy underground railroad situation. Yeah. Running away from the fur company. <gasps> Disney, you naughty, naughty. Production <laughs> company, you. <laughs> you dirty, dirty boy. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I'm no, sorry. yeah, that that actual scene made me uncomfortable. Yeah. Because, like, I know it's supposed to be like cute and innocent. Like we can we can roll in the soot and be Labradors and Cruella won't recognize us and we can get home safely, but like they're rolling around in the soot and being Labradors and painting themselves to look like a different community Reed. of people and taking advantage of the fact that they can do that and 
like well, and why actually to, for it and I, don't know, I just was just me... gonna say to add I have a note here you kind of I'm so glad you brought this up because my question in my note was why are we assuming Corella doesn't want Labrador puppies like why do we assume she won't settle if she sees a hundred Labrador puppies are Labrador puppies lesser but now that you say that I'm like oh that's a statement that is a statement. That didn't occur to me. And they're specifically black Labradors, too. And they're specifically black Labradors. And for whatever reason, Cruella does see them, but doesn't right away doesn't. say, these are good enough. She's no, not going to the take them reason, if they're that. The only reason she she chases them is because the, the droplets of the snow start Again. washing away the, the coal on the dogs. Doggy blackface. Yeah. Oh, that scene just became really upsetting. Yeah, it like ruined the entire movie for me when I watched it the other night. Yep. Oh, Disney with your yeah. progressive racism. God damn. And you know what? You guys may be thinking we're being judgy, but you fucking wait till we get through some of these movies. Passive aggressive racism is not not un uncommon. Yeah. Like, this shit happens, and, problem, and this is kind of why we wanted to get into it. Right, and part of the problem is that we as a society and as a culture have been raised to think this is okay. Like, nobody bats an eye. I can guarantee you nobody bats an eye at the fact that that entire scene is implying that these white dogs are appropriating black culture... Mm are was, more valuable inherently just because they're because white they're white and they're not getting in trouble for it and if anything it's encouraged by the white father to dress as these black people you know as the black culture to escape you know like you can argue well it's dogs you're overthinking it but but really am i are like, we though yeah Am I overthinking it, or is this the kind of shit that we've been raised to think is acceptable? Yeah, and like see in really passive ways so that it's not very noticeable when we're adults. Right. We end up with like, oh no, that's not bad, that's just is what it is, it's fine. Right. Oh, but That's right, dropping shit on you, guys. Uh -huh. Are you ready for this shit? Can you hang on? <laughs> Here we go. It's getting crazy. Uh-huh. That's upsetting. That's all upsetting. And, but like you said, the snow falls on one of the puppies, which would also most certainly kill that puppy. But okay, we'll pretend that wet, heavy snow doesn't cause any damage. Right. Yeah, Fine. that one totally crushed freaking, who was it, Rolly or Lucky? or Was it Lucky? It's a pancake puppy. It's a pancake puppy. If it was Lucky... Then that makes sense. True. Lucky's was impervious lucky? for some weird ass reason. Was it Lucky? I don't know which dog it was. Now I gotta look up that scene. It was Rolly. But I don't know now. It might have been Lucky because he's also the one that's like, my tail is cold and my nose is cold. He's always right. like through this whole movie, he almost dies pretty regularly. So it might have been. It is lucky. It is lucky. All the puppies were able to successfully get to the van headed to London. A pile of snow fell on Lucky, revealing the spots. 
And Lucky is protected by Disney. Did almost died, but didn't magic. So okay, yeah. fine. That, that tracks. Lucky lives. It's lucky fine. lives because it's lucky. That makes sense. It's lucky. Right. Okay. Glad I looked and that up. And they're white again, so suddenly they're valuable. And Cruella freaks out. She's gonna get the yeah. puppies, and the chase is on. Where? Yeah. A poor van Baltimore, driver. Cruella drives like a fucking maniac through this situation. What? Okay, I have. I have two notes here for that chase scene. One note <laughs> is uh, the crazy woman woman driver, which oh is what God. the van driver says, right? And my note underneath it is, I mean, valid, but really? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought, too. I have a similar note where I'm like, despite the fact that she is a crazy driver, why is it crazy woman driver? Right? You yeah. gotta sex shame her? Uh-huh. And then my drivers. He finally goes off the road and manages to get that car up the hill and out of the snow. Both my I was looking at that and I was like, are Coupe de Ville's that badass? Because if that's the case, then I want one now. That's what my kid said. My kid both the kids were like, I want one of those. And I was like, Yeah, okay. Like her car could actually drive like that in the snow. Yeah, it's well, and if you, I did do a little bit of Googling on a Cadillac Coupe de Ville, which are beautiful cars and can be worth buco money. Um, yeah. They would not be able to, no, no way, absolutely not. But I will give Disney credit because he does have her like back up the hill and only winter drivers know the secret. He has, they have her like rock the car until it yeah. backs up and then she slams the gas yeah. and just bulldozes through that shit yeah that's true they did they did do that so at least they have her driving correctly so Which yeah all the motions the crazy woman driver comment earlier because a crazy woman driver wouldn't necessarily know how to drive in the snow and as much as well, i hate you know that what? woman she knows how to drive in the snow she knows how to handle her car man Ah. She's not afraid, though. She also destroys the shit out of that car on this drive. Like, it becomes a convertible. It's a mess. Yeah. It's bad by the end. Yeah, I know. And she, then she destroys Jor- uh, Joris and Hasper. Jasper. <laughs> yes. Joris and Hasper. Jasper and Horace's car, too. Their little fucking truck van thing there. Yes, because Jasper, like like any true alcoholic, says, I'm just going to nudge him off the cliff. It'll be fine. And that's yeah. his plan. Corolla simultaneously has the same plan. Yep. And instead, who misses? Corolla hits Corella. the car. Jasper Corella and Horace her- miss and hit Corolla. No, Jasper and Horace. Oh no, that's right. Yeah, Jasper, Jasper and Horace come down the hill. And because Cruella rammed her car under the van. Right. They go fucking flying. And the Cadillac, the beautiful Cadillac. It dies. It explodes. I just love how she climbs up out of the snowbank and just starts like cry screaming you idiots oh she does and she's still got that fabulous coat on like she'll she'll never let go of that coat yeah and you notice uh, one of the arms is missing i didn't notice that as one yeah. of her oh no wonder she's mad she's never gonna like, replace that not her arm but like the arm of the coat is missing 
Oh no. Yep. It lost its value immediately. No one yeah, she's did. mad. I'd be more mad than that, like than the car. Yeah. Because by and this point, that coat's not replaceable. Right. And so, like, her new coat has escaped. Her new coat has gotten away. Oh, oh. no. Um, and so, it's so we've escaped and Cruella's Disney cusses and we zoom away to a very gloomy Christmas Eve. But. In the house of Anita. Roger's song is on the radio and they are rolling in the dough. They, yeah, Roger had his big hit shaming Anita's school friend publicly for the world to know. <laughs> With technically have- no justification. No. And they have all the money. He doesn't know. Yep. So, I don't know. Yes, I would Christmas- ar- argue. Uh, but it's fine. He's a hit. Cruella Deville. Cruella Deville. you. No evil thing will. Yeah, anyway. But there's, there's, Nanny is so sad. And she mentions that there's nothing to be cheerful about. Yeah. The puppies are gone. The puppies are missing and it's sad. We're all just going to give up hope. To be fair, it's been a month. It's a long time. It's been six weeks. It's been, oh, it's been about two months. It's been almost two months. Three months out, three months back. I mean, three weeks out, three weeks back. That's a reasonable thing to think that maybe your dogs are never coming back. Especially Christmas. And Dalmatians have thin coats. They're they're Dalmatian sickles. They're not coming back. They're Mation sickles. They're total Mation sickles. Um, Yeah. But you know what? It's a Christmas miracle, everyone. They get Dalmatians. They're Labradors. Right. (laughs) Labradors. (laughs) They're Labradors. And we don't know why the Labradors have broken into the house, but apparently lots of people break into this house pretty regularly. Apparently it's pretty easy to do. If a dog that doesn't have opposable thumbs can do it. But again, Pongo's fucking smart because he managed to turn the the dial of the the clock face there. and That's right. He can tell a clock and work it. Yeah. And he found Roger a wife. So, you know, he's a smart dog. (laughs) He found Roger a wife. But it's, yeah, who who figures it out? I think the nanny figures it out. Figures it out. I think. I don't remember. Someone well, sweeps them up. It is. It's the nanny. Yeah. It's Pongo and it's per- Perdita and it's all puppies except their house is fucking filled with. This is too many. I would not be. They're way too happy about this. They are. But they don't care because they have all this money and they can now go buy a Dalmatian plantation. <laughs> It'll be a sensation. <laughs> 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 and they have their dogs back and Roger writes his next hit and it's about the Dalmatian sensation it's a stampede a puppy peed a puppy and peed. every single one of these puppies lived all yep. 101 of them yep. at home yay roll in credits so now yeah, you're yep, happily money. ever after so yay. my question how real do you think this movie is? 
oh, this isn't real at all. And it's definitely no, not would, compared to the book. You want? That's you, how you want, I feel. I'm like, this is not real life. Those dogs are super dead. Like, yeah. there's so many problems. Yep. So, are you not are real. you ready? Are are you ready for for what I have from the book? Because I haven't even yes. touched. I haven't even touched the book. So the original yes, book. I kind of sprinkled my facts through the fur and stuff. So let's hear about the book. What's the counter of this? Where did this come from? This came from the book, 101 Dalmatians. It's a 1956 children's novel by Dodie Smith. And again, I'm just reading off the Wikipedia page here. Um, And then apparently there was a sequel called The Starlight Barking, which continues from the end of the novel. So I don't know about that one. I didn't get that far. But anyways... Pongo in Missus. Oh. Not, not Purdy. She doesn't Mrs. get a name. They call her Missus? Oh. Well, that's her name is Missus. Okay. Oh. They're, they're a pair of Dalmatians that live with the newly married Mr. and Mrs. Dearly. So they changed their names. Well, I wonder why. Yep. And they're two nannies, Nanny Cook and Nanny Butler. Mr. Dearly that's is so a mean. Well, no, it gets better. Mr. Dearly is a quote-unquote financial wizard who has been granted lifelong tax exemption and lent a house on the outer circle of Regent's Park for, re for, or sorry, in return for wiping out the government's debt. <gasps> oh. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Cruella is still an old schoolmate of Mrs. Dearly's. So that's that's the same. And she's a wealthy woman so fixated on fur clothing that she married a furrier and forces him to keep the collection in the house. She admires the dogs and expresses a desire to have a Dalmatian coat. Later, when Mrs. gives birth to 15 puppies, the the uh, Mrs. Dearly is concerned that she won't be able to to feed all of them. So she looks for a canine wet nurse, which for those of you who don't know what a net wet nurse is. It is a woman, cow, animal, person, somebody who has recently given birth and doesn't have the, the babies to consume the milk. So she's still producing milk, but has no way of expelling the milk, I guess is the correct word. It's to not use. getting used. It's not getting used. So a wet nurse is just some random female that can produce milk that doesn't have her own offspring to give it to so can give it to others it's a poor explanation but that's my explanation Anyways, that's what it is so that's what you get finds an exhausted wet nurse dalmatian in the middle of the road in the pouring rain okay oh, after God. treating the dog to the vet they learn that she's given birth recently because how would she mean how else would she be a wet nurse and guess what her name is it's not Perdita, is it? It is Perdita. <gasps> yep. So Perdita helps nurse the puppies and becomes the third Dalmatian member of the family. And then she tells Pongo about her lost love named Prince. Because apparently, which were sold, him and the, the puppies that they had were sold by her owner, who I assume would have given them to Cruella. And then so she ran away oh. looking for the puppy. So see, they completely changed that whole aspect. So then the rest of the story were, you know, Cruella 
comes in, tries to get the puppies, but, you know, then they get taken out, the Twilight barking, that part's all the same. You know, the English sheepdog, which is the colonel, all of that, all of that part happens. The same. Well, it isn't, it isn't. That whole section's the same, except the captain and Tibbs are made up. They're not, they're not real. They're, like, not from the original story. Their dynamic is so fun, though. Uh, But the puppies still come to Hell Hall, where we learn about their history and it's Cruella's house and blah, blah, blah. But they discover that there are 97 puppies, not 99. Oh, interesting. Hongo, Purdy, and Mrs. make 100. Okay? So uh, then okay. they escape. But wait, there's more. We're not to 101 yet. They all escape, but Pongo and Mrs. realize that they have one puppy whose name is Cadpig, apparently, who is a runt in two weeks. It's a walk terrible on name. Well... Kudos to to Mrs. Smith, Miss Smith here, because this book was written in the 1950s, right? Mr. Cadpig here, who is our little runt and can't walk on his own. Tommy, who is the colonel's two-year-old owner, so, you know, the grandson there, basically, lends them a little toy farm cart, and the older puppies take turns pulling Cadwig in the farm cart so that he can go too. Oh, well, they make this poor little puppy handicap accessible, and they take turns caring for him. And this book was written in the fifties, like that. Like was like oh, and then Disney took that out. So, yeah, Aww. there's that. But instead, been- replacing it with someone named Rolly. Right. They eventually Aww. get back and. Cruella's cat, who has been waiting to gain her revenge on Cruella for killing her own litters of kittens, seizes the opportunity to let the dogs into the house, and they destroy Cruella's stockpile of unused furs. (gasps) Uh Uh-huh. Then they go home to where they, they break into their own houses, and the part about them being Labradors is still the same. Like, that part's the same, too. Oh, there's still, like, consistent puppy blackface? That's good. Yep. But there's 100 Dalmatians, not 101. And they decide to move because there's an address on the bottom of the toy cart. So when the Deerleys go back to return the the toy cart, they see the DeVille place. And because they now have these 100 Dalmatians and they want to build a Dalmatian plantation, they buy... Hell Hall. And oh. they turn Hell Hall into the Dalmatian plantation. Cruella's Is it indeed cat, a sensation? It is indeed <laughs> a sensation. Cruella's cat, who is eventually adopted by the Deerleys, comes to visit and moves in. And then randomly, Prince shows up. So now we have... Pongo everybody needs a husband. Sure. Right. Pongo and Mrs. And then Prince and Perdita... And that's our 101 Dalmatians, and everybody lives happily ever after. They all lived happily ever after? Oh, shit. So that's the, you know, everyone, if I was to suggest anything, I'd say, like, go read the book and maybe look into that. Because it sounds like that might be kind of a more, 
more dog. I know this focused on the dogs a lot, but like actually complex characters using dogs. Yeah. Which is very cool. I'm kind of upset that Disney took out Chad Pig. Like, yeah, the name's not the greatest, but like, this is 1950s and they're all about like handicap accessibility. Like, that's all. Yeah, like that actually would have been progressive. Right. Something that was like, oh, that's so sweet. What a nice thing to continue. Which is Uh, why Disney then took it out. Because we all know how progressive Disney can be. Yeah, he doesn't like that. He don't, it doesn't like that. But he does like to remind you how you are ugly and fat and probably should have a husband or a better job. Right. Depending yeah. on your gender, sex, and where you're from. Yes. We did it, everyone. We made it through. Hey, we did our first oh one. <laughs> we did our first one. Do we have a, do we have a sign-off? Because I, I don't know about you. Do you have, okay, closing statements? Oh my God. Okay. Closing. So my closing, I think if I were to say any closing statement, it would be that this, this is a great movie. It's an adorable movie. Um, Disney does sometimes use like real life situations and real life lessons and good things to look at for kids here. And I don't think this is an example of that. It's just a fun, zany movie. All the deep complex story plots are for grownups. Kids would not catch that shit. So it's just like weird and fun. Yeah. Those dogs are super dead. My it's not closing, a thing. Exactly. Yeah. My closing thoughts it would be, yeah, if if you don't read into the movie at all, this is a super really actually kind of exciting hour and a half. But if you yeah, take like, the time to look at it like we did, this movie's dark. <laughs> yeah. It, it gets real dark and a lot of it doesn't hold up. Like it becomes really distracting how aware you are of like just the inability for these dogs to survive this long under these conditions. And for yeah. this story, it's real hard to not pay attention to that because they bring it up several times. I know. Um, it makes it harder just as a self-aware adult. It does make it harder to be like, yeah, but, but really they're all dead. It's November. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe maybe Lucky is the only one that really survived, and now he has. Oh my nightmares. gosh! Alternate theories. The alternate, alternate theories. Those theories. Are so Lucky's the only one that survived, and he just has constant nightmares of his entire family freezing to death around him, making him <laughs> ironically unlucky. Oh, <laughs> see what you oh, did there. Oh. That's terrible. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, closing. Go watch it. Watch it with your kids. It's funny. It's fun. We're signing off. (laughs) We're going away now. This was crazy. Thank you so much, everyone. If you managed to stay through all this, good on you. Good on you. And we'll see you next time because we're not done. We're not done. We have so much more. Bye. Bye.